The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Story Power today. And uh, it's uh, not Leanne Pico. My name is Claire Taylor, but I want to do a big shout out and say thank you to Leanne Pico for inviting me to guest host this episode. So my name is Claire Taylor. I'm a business storytelling consultant. I'm co-founder of a company called The Story Mill, um, which is based in the UK, although we, we work internationally. And I wrote a book a couple of years ago called The Tao of Storytelling. Now, what I really want to get started on today is introducing you to my guest. So uh, my guest today is Nick Askew, and Nick is a filmmaker, he's a poet, and he's founder of Soul Biographies, and he makes these absolutely wonderful black and white movies that really capture the essence of each human being. So Nick, hello and welcome. Hi, Claire. So how are you doing today, Nick? I'm good. <laughs> that, good. I'm good. very good, actually. I'd, good. I'll describe where I am, just because I can. So, Great. of course, I'm in this really fancy studio looking over downtown. It's amazing. It's, uh, um, and, and, of course, that's a complete lie. I'm actually sitting at home. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I really like working from home for some reason. I've got a studio, but I'm sitting here with a cat and a dog who look a little forlorn, actually, because they want to go out. And I've got, I've got good, and the reason actually I'm at home is because I have to finish this film on conflict or this particular strand of a film on conflict. And I suddenly got this tune in my head and I've got all my guitars at home. So I thought I'd stay at home this morning and record some guitar because I had this idea about a tune for, to go on the back of this, uh, this film. So that's basically what I've been up to. (laughs) So this is kind of a welcome break. Good. That's that. I mean, that sounds absolutely fabulous. So we've known each other for a little while, Nick. I think we first met in 2013 when you were doing a, a program over in the UK, and I came along and, and met you then. Um, and I know you're doing another one in the UK quite soon, aren't you? In in March, you're going to be yeah, yeah, over you as well. Met me at a place called St. Ethelburgers, and uh, yes, I'd hired that place to probably talk about a little bit about what we'll probably end up talking about today. Yes. Um, uh, and what I realized I did on that day or that half day was, there, I think there were about 30 of you sitting there, and we went really close to actually showing you what it was all about. But in the end, all I did was describe to you what it was all about. <laughs> I, I, yes. I subsequently came to understand the experience of it is, is often quite important. So perhaps we'll talk about that. Um, uh, 
Uh, absolutely. So, so let's do that. And also, obviously, we we uh, worked together on a little project uh, last year, which turned out to be quite a big project on schizophrenia. So we should talk a little bit about that later too. But first of all, Nick, could you tell us a little bit about your story? How you got into uh, creating soul biographies and making these wonderful movies? Uh, well, yeah, I, I could do, and and then I would probably fall for the thing that I know not to be a very good way of telling stories. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, well, here's the thing. I make films. I never set out to... I, I suppose I was probably what you might term an explorer. I, mm. I canoed the Congo and canoed the Amazon, uh, one in a dugout tree, one in a blow-up canoe, and I crossed the Sahara, and I did all those kind of things, and then I fell into business by accident, um, and... It really is a way to fund the expeditions and stuff. And I, so I just tended to follow the wind a little bit, and I fell into business, and I ended up managing director of some company everyone had heard of and stuff, and I have no idea why. And it really wasn't suitable for myself, I don't think, although I had mm-hmm. some fun. And then I suddenly didn't do it anymore. I just thought, in the absence of not knowing what to do, I'm not going to do the same thing because then I'll never find... I never find how to get back to that feeling that I had when, when I canoed the Congo or something. When I came up with these ideas, uh, which just kind of appeared, and I just went, "Oh, okay. I don't need to really justify doing this. I'll just go and do it." And so I ended up making films. Um, and I've subsequently come to understand what on earth some of it's about. But I think it probably, it, it probably came came about from a deep observation that, and I I always thought this, that the causes of pretty much everything that happens Mm -hmm. are far deeper than we kind of care to imagine. And we don't look deep enough, so we never wonder about stuff. We look at stuff as far as we can see and think that we understand it and we know. So I guess the premise for, you know, everything I do, and certainly this conversation is, look, I don't know. I, I... I, I don't know. I don't know what the answers are. I don't know the correct formula for this or that. So that's a good place to start. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, that's uh, that's really uh, interesting. That's a great place to start because what we want to talk about today is behind each story and, and what is actually happening behind each story. Um, so it would be great to, to start really having conversation about the soul of story, which is really what you capture in the films that you make of people. So tell us a little bit about, about that. How, how do you capture the soul of a story, Nick? <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's, it, it's, it's quite a simple yet not easy thing. Mm-hmm. And I probably need to tell you about something that I think is probably pretty important in the whole nature of all of this, or the, 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 me- the method, if you like, that were a method for me doing this. Um, and... The, observa- the way I came to it, or the, no, the way I understood it, was actually by going through, I don't know, maybe two decades in business um, and feeling pretty uncomfortable, probably all the way along, although I, never, I couldn't quite articulate that I was uncomfortable in it. Um, and I think this actually might be relevant to anyone who's listening to this and has this kind of this feeling that there's a way that they might tell the story of what it is they're doing in the world, their organization Mm -hmm. is doing in the world differently. 
Yes. And I think many companies are, and many people and many organizations are at a place where they're actually looking to contribute to the world in, in a fashion that wasn't perhaps around a while back. And mm-hmm. the nature of the way we tell stories or we've been taught that we should tell stories or we've observed and practiced the way we tell stories doesn't seem to fit. There's something incongruent and quite uncomfortable. Yes. Um, and I'll, I'll, I want to, well, why don't I talk about that? Because that's the journey I went through and the observation. And I, you know, I thought, I thought on that for maybe 20 years, to be honest. Yes, um, no, please do. Well, I think, yeah, a lot of people well, can relate. And then I'll, then maybe we'll come back to that schizophrenia thing we were working on. And Let's I'll tell you the experience of that, because mm-hmm. that would be kind of really useful. It would be. Um, well, it, well, it probably will be to me. <laughs> maybe <laughs> to someone else. So... So I'm sitting there in a marketing role, or a marketing business. I was in the mm-hmm. business of marketing, you know, agencies and loyalty programs and things like yes. that. And often I was representing the organization I was working for, so I was out in the world. And I realized, and I didn't really realize this until I left all of that kind of behind me, not knowing quite what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really realize what was going on, but I did at a point realize that the very nature of uh, let's call it marketing or you could call it storytelling storytelling in business yes. in other words representing your, yourself in the world that the, the dynamic behind it is I am going to work out what I need to tell you in order to get you to do what I want you to do yes <laughs> now that might seem a yes. little cynical but it's kind mm. of true and you might it's wrap true. it up in storytelling but you're mm-hmm. still setting out to convince the world of something, to steer it in your direction, whether it's to build your brand or make a direct sale or something. Mm -hmm. I'm going to work out what you, Claire, need to hear in order for you to fill in the blank, dot, 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 Mm -hmm. hire me as a a something, a filmmaker, or buy something off me or lead me to something that I need. Um, That's kind of a little dark and I suppose it is a little cynical, but it is kind of the way it works. It is. Soon after I realized that, I realized, oh, that's the way most of us are with each other most of the time. So sometimes the, the way we are isn't as overt, so we're not looking for a sale or something, but we are looking for acceptance or to be part of it. So it's yes. often unconscious, but sometimes it's conscious. So generally, the way we bump around in the world with each other is never seeing each other because you can never see someone because you're in a conversation and you're looking for a result out of it. You're looking to get to gain something from that. Yes, I, I, I agree. really important yeah. to understand. Yeah, yes, no, absolutely. might be in the world, even if it's, I don't know, like, you know, to take a, an absurd example, you, you're in a marriage and most of your encounters have this film up in front of yourself or between the two of you and you might look at your partner but what you really need for your partner is for that person to make you feel like you're worthy for the world or to do something for you and seldom does it slip and you can actually see each other and I think that's that's really important because if well, when you examine what on earth it is you're trying to do with telling stories, there's a choice. 
there's a choice to to set out and convince the world of what it is you want to convince them in order to get something. Or there is unbridled truth. Yes, so it's really interesting what you're saying there, Nick, because I've always had this kind of lukewarm relationship with personal branding. (laughs) And, uh, you know, on the one hand, it's like, I I get it, I understand that people want to, you know, say things so that people will remember them for something or other. But at the same time, there's this kind of idea of, you know, putting on some kind of front um, onto ourselves that makes people see us in a particular sort of way. and, and we do that with our companies and we do that with organizations and we do it with brands. And, and now we've kind of started doing it with ourselves as well. Um, so I'd really li- like to know your thoughts on that. Well, yeah, I mean, personal branding in one respect, how awful, but then we do it, we all do it. Yes. Straight, it's, yeah. I think probably underneath it's really quite simple. It's that here I am, there you are. Um, we both feel generally insecure with the world underneath it all we don't feel we feel like there's someone we should be or there's some there's somewhere else we should be and we've got to get there we've got to do all these things and as long as we feel that we're going to be inventing stuff i don't if i if i really reveal to you like just how i am right now whatever with no sense of control yikes where's that you know that's a risk you know what might happen and so I invent this story about you know that thing I told you before about the exploring which is true yes, yes. It has no, that gives you no sense of me it doesn't even give me a sense of me it, I mean yes. it happened in fact I was I was once introduced on a stage as a storyteller I remember the very first time that was the case yes. and I took umbrage to it I, I, I remember walking <laughs> up onto the stage and go you know I don't know why I feel I didn't even know how to describe how I felt, but it was like, I'm not really a storyteller because that's not really how life happens. So normally a story will go, you know, there's a, it will go from A to B or A to Z or Z over on this side of the Atlantic. Um, yes. And, you know, there's a, there's a guy, there's me, and I left university and, you know, found my way in the world and found my own little river and I had this eclectic life and uh, everyone thinks I'm Indiana Jones and I... I do this thing and then I fall into a bit and I do all these things and I snake around this path and it's up and down and highs and lows and all this kind of stuff and here I am now doing what I've got um, and people think well now I know you that's not how life happens it's like so <laughs> mysterious uh, and yeah, so what no, I'm doing I, I, is just a strand of that of, of course if yeah. you look at if you sit opposite me and you think that you know me because you know some facts about what I what I've done, you, you, you've missed me entirely. You see me as a yes. series of events or as things. It's just in the way. Yes. So, and, yeah. you know, how do you see someone? You have to drop all your assumptions. Yeah. And I guess we don't like to show our vulnerability. You know, we like to come across as being pretty invincible, and particularly in the, in the business world. You know, I, and I, I, I think that's changing. Um, I think it's, you know, people are being encouraged more to be human because humans are vulnerable. And if we're not willing to share some of our vulnerability um, and we're just coming across as invincible all the time, then it's really hard for people to connect with us. Yeah, well, there's an irony in there because there's no control in vulnerability. 
No. And, yeah. and then what? So where's your plan? How's it fit into your plan? Because if you, start, if you drop something, if you drop your pretense of being a great, a great company with a magnificent mission and whatever, and you just say, well, look, really, this is, you know, I don't know, this is why I do it. I, I'm not really sure. It just feels right. You, you know, then what? You know, because you believe, we, well, you believe, we believe. We believe that um, people need something concrete um, to act on. And sometimes they do. But I think now there's so much in the world that is driven by something more meaningful. And therefore there's a whole bunch of us people working in the world not quite knowing how to represent ourselves. Yes. Like, like, for example, um, the, I, I know the coaching industry particularly well because I think they were the, the, they were the first adopters of my films and stuff like that because the nature of their contribution, for example, is almost inexpressible. Yes, it's got some component parts which you can describe you can describe the what of coaching perhaps, but it doesn't even mm -hmm. get anywhere close to what it is. And Absolutely. the best way to represent yourself as a coach doing good work in the world is through a quality called vulnerability. In other words, drop it all and give someone the sense of how they will be with you because yes. that's immensely powerful. But it's really quite difficult to do that because you're not in control and therefore uh, you've got to get to a place where there is no place to hide and that's very scary. And I think a lot of organizations are like that. If you sit a chief exec down, and I often do this. Yeah. Um, Nick, Nick, we're just about to go into a, a commercial break. So we'll, we'll definitely um, we'll, we'll come back to this one. Um, but we're just about to go into a, a, a quick break. And, uh, and let's definitely come back and... Uh, um, and, and hear that, that piece of the story because I'm really interested to hear more about that. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. 
If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. And then apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Okay, and uh, uh, I was just chatting with Nick in the break, and uh, we were talking about the idea of the undirected story. So there's an, an, another way to do story rather than uh, constructing it um, in advance and, and, and directing the way you want it to be. So, Nick, could you tell us a little bit about the undirected story and your experience of, of working with uh, uh, company CEOs and large organizations doing this sort of thing? Okay. Well, I would say I don't... I don't always work with companies, you know, I, uh, most of my, my, you know, my wheelhouse, if you like, where I mainly work is with, with individuals, but I do work mm. with companies, and I was working, and the, the story that reminded me was I was working this extremely large, you know, one of the biggest companies of the world, and filming there, it was a president of one of the three big divisions in there, so, you know, 150,000 employees and whatever, and we were making a film on the nature of freedom in industrial structure. You know, it wasn't an ad okay. for them, and I wouldn't direct an ad for them because that would be absurd. Because I'm, I'm the antichrist when it comes to that. Yes, uh, sure. And I'll tell you why I'm the antichrist. Um, because they asked me a question. Their agency, I think it was JWT or someone asked asked me a question at a party one night, and they said, "What are you doing when you catch people on film? Because there's this quality to it. This, uh, they might even use the words authenticity. But they're certainly mm-hmm. honest." And we don't seem to get that quality. I'm going, look, you don't really need to understand too much about that. I'll describe your process to you, and then I'll describe my process, and you work it out. Okay, so you are telling the story, you know, not even when you're shooting ads for products, you're telling a story about a story about the product. And there you are shooting it, and it's going to be in film, you know, in video. Mm-hmm. And so you have two or three cameras there, so two or three cameramen in a, in a location, in a room or outside somewhere. You have maybe a couple of lighting people, three-point lighting as well. You have a sound guy, if not two sound guys. Uh, you have a mixing deck, desk. You have a director. You've sat there and you've storyboarded it pretty much, even if you want to let someone go off range and you know, try and be real. Um, but you've got, a, you've got an absolute idea about where this is going. You've worked out the three major benefits to consumers of this particular product, and you've worked it into this cleverly constructed story um, for which you've been sitting around a boardroom table for a month with your agency doing this. And you've perhaps even got the client in the room, you know, a couple of representatives of the client. And then it comes time to filming, and you're going, okay, one, two, three, 
be authentic. And this poor person, whether they're an actor or they're a real person who's been duped into representing the product because they kind of vaguely like it um, yes. or they use it anyway, uh, is sat there and is going, okay, uh, and out they go with it. Now, what you capture there is totally false in many respects. The poor person behind the camera is totally and utterly self-conscious, although they, they might hide it well. But what they're thinking is, am I telling these guys what they want to hear? That's going on in the background. They're not fully present. Yes. They're not lost yeah. in their conversation. They're not there. They're yeah. in different places. And there's a real energy to that. Um, and everyone knows it. And you can construct it. That's your raw material. That's what you're catching. And that's what you're going to tell your story with. So from the start, you've set the whole situation up to be kind of false, to tell the story that you want to tell. So you're yes. telling the world what you think it needs to hear in order to get the result you want to. You know, and everyone can translate that to their own stories. You know, you have a, a meaningful organization in the world doing good work. Profit, non-profit, doesn't really matter. You believe it's doing good work. It's your mission. You really feel passionate about it. And then you sit down and you, you write. You write your story. You direct your story before it's even happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. Versus my process, for example, or this soul biography's process, which has stripped everything out pretty much. It's like, look, the, the most important part, and, the, and this is the most profound thing I realized about what I've been doing for the last 10 or 11 years um, and actually, it, it's, it's way beyond film as well. It takes, it, it's to do with all human encounters. But if we keep it to film for the moment and telling, the telling of stories, what people say on camera is pretty much insignificant when set next to how they are when they say those words. So yes. someone could be working the most magnificent story and somehow it just feels... Flat, rehearsed. Um, yes. There's something about it. It's not quite right. We can all get fooled into it. You can put it, make it with great gusto, and push it on people, and and make it loud and stuff. And you will convince people to buy stuff. You won't convince them deep down that this is something that they really want to connect with. Yes. I don't think. If you you create a situation where you are truly going to put someone at their ease or beyond that you are going to have someone sit down so let's paint a situation like uh, I don't know the, the 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 founder of an organization doing something in the world make, making some physical product which helps people out but you know let's make it vague something like that and there are all sorts of benefits to this product but when if you went down the undirected route you would literally sit there and the job would be to merely witness someone. Give this person, this founder um, of this organization who has all these feelings about the world they're in, the work they're in, everything, and not all of it's come out. And your job is to witness that and allow a space for them to just like unleash the, the, the soul of everything into the world. And your job is to not put anything in the way. No, 
uh, you know, no huge lighting, no huge rigs, no expensive advertising agency, for example, or setup that, you know, you, you have to perform that particular take. Otherwise, you know, we're screwed and we've got to go and find the budget for the rest. None of that. You know, it can be much quieter, much simpler than that. Your yes. job is to catch the authenticity. Um, yes. Your job is to catch the honesty of that. And honesty tends to come in this space where you're not trying to convince anyone of anything. You're almost exploring it for anew for the first time. Um, yes. And from either side of the camera, you've, you've got rid of the need, the need, the need to make a great film, the need to get it absolutely right, the need to appear a particular way. You're just lost in the conversation because someone is going to witness you and they have no opinion about where that's going to go. They're not thinking and willing you to do your best or willing you to go down this path. For goodness sake, yeah. Um, I, say these three benefits because I could really use those. I could tell a great story. It's yeah, free. Abs- absolutely. In that, free, in that free space, the most extraordinary Amazing. raw material comes back. Honest. And, well, yes. Like. Uh, and from there, absolutely. you make something yeah, great. And, uh, absolutely. Just to jump in there, Nick. So I think this is a really great place to to talk about because a lot of companies, you know, that idea will uh, scare the living daylights out of them. You know, it's about this need to control the message, and 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 we all know the 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 background to that. And and I think it doesn't just happen with advertising; it also happens, you know, within organisations. People tend to self censor a lot within um, companies and organisations, and kind of you know mind their p's and q's and be very careful what they what they say and a lot of one's authenticity is lost I think when we start to do that um you know of course there's there's you know it's great to have social filters and and all of that um but I think the self-censoring does mean that um that a lot of the authenticity and connection that could exist between people is lost but we have an example of a couple of companies uh, last year that really um were very courageous in doing this around schizophrenia um a couple of companies that that work in that area and really wanted to um show schizophrenia from the perspective of physicians uh, nurses and patients and um it was a, a client of mine that um I commissioned you to to work on and uh, I, I, it was a really fantastic um piece of um film work so could you tell us a little bit about that because obviously you know all of that film work was was done by yourself in a, in a room with each of those people yeah, absolutely. I can remember when you called me up, actually. I just, I just, like, stupidly, I just got off the plane from England, and I'd gone up to my studio to uh, copy all the footage over for the tenth time, just to be safe, and you kind of called in, and I picked up the phone, and I remember the conversation, and immediately thinking, oh, yeah, you know, like, are you sure you're up for this? <laughs> or they're up for this? No, because you know there is it is undirected and what will come will come and there there's a very stark choice in what we're talking about you are either going out to convince someone to control the situation and to seek to convince an audience about something usually in your favor or you're setting out to tell the truth as best you know it or best best you can fathom it and I remember mm. that conversation well. And you say, yes, no, no, they're really up for you going to do this. 
Yes. You know, they'll help you find the subjects, um, but the job is to get to this, this, the experience of schizophrenia from different angles. Yes. Not, you know, and so totally undirected. So that was amazing. And, you know, yeah. I, I, to be honest, it, it, it was, I mean, haunting is, that, that the whole experience of that was, you know, haunting for me, you know, to go in mm-hmm. and purposely not research it. I didn't quite know, you know, the ins and outs of all this kind of stuff. And I thought, well, if I go and read a stack of stuff, it's just going to get in the way because I yes. have a load of opinions and it will get in the mm-hmm. way and will preclude me from seeing people. And my job was to turn up. And the first job was to see someone, not to tell a story about their situation because I didn't know what the situation was, but mm-hmm. to be curious enough to really want to explore. So we would get these original words because, like, when you're sat with someone, like, you know, in this schizophrenia series or, you know, I'm making one on human conflict at the moment, uh, um, and I've just shot one on ALS, and yeah. uh, but it could be your own company. Mm-hmm. When you sit there, the, the urge... The impetus is to be useful to the world and to tell the story that you think they want to hear, back to the same thing. You know, and it's not always duplicitous. It's not always dark. It's not always, well, I've, you know, I have a terrible product here. You know, it's a, mm. a sugary drink, which I have to convince people m- makes people happy mm. when I know full well it's going to give them diabetes. Um, it's not that. Often people are doing it for the good. So in schizophrenia, some people have told their story many times. Yes. Not, not the many people who listen, to be honest, mm-hmm. but they've told it many times. And so I'm, I would sit there and listen, and, I'm, and my observation is, it's interesting, but you're not there. You said those words a thousand times, there's no charge in them. And sometimes I know sit there, and sometimes I know sit in the edit. But there's a very stark difference where suddenly all that falls away and there someone is, totally present, totally not quite knowing what they're going to say next or the answer to anything in particular. They're just exploring. And that state of exploration gives you the most immense material with which to do something useful, to tell the truth. And that's what... I was making the films from. And I just, yes. you know, I mean, so many of those subjects were just, oh, the first one. Oh, that was so, <laughs> when, you, when you sent me to Denmark, not, yes, not to Copenhagen, but to some town somewhere, somewhere, and I'm not sure, where, I can't remember where it was. And yes. we got to a hotel, and the subject was a psychiatric nurse, and she yes. was really nervous because she thought her English wasn't up to it. Yeah, uh, and also the room we were in was just dreadful. There was they were rebuilding the hotel room below. Yes, and we had to go down and try and convince them to uh, stop for a while. But they were Bulgarian, and they only spoke Bulgarian, and no one in the hotel could speak Bulgarian. <laughs> it was like yeah. so we were trying to draw out the situation, and it didn't work. So we had to go to another room, and that didn't work. And then so we came back. So it was. A little not normal, and then Zita just she just suddenly everything changed, and there she was, and she gave 
what I think is the most extraordinary articulation of compassionate care. She that did. That, that is powerful, seen, that film. You, powerful. That is haunting. You, you look Absolutely. at that and you can, you can see the whole world in it. It's amazing. Yes. And as a result, get a sense of, of the disease, of pe- what people must go through, of what uh, the caring staff in the world go through. Yes. You know, and, how, and, and as a result, you gain something for yourself as well. You might not yes. be touched by the world of schizophrenia, but you are a human being. And yes. authenticity is authenticity. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about uh, making widgets or caring for schizophrenic, uh, schizophrenics or doing yes. anything. It doesn't matter. It, it has this facility to contribute in all sorts of ways. Yeah, and, and they're so, bittersweet, aren't they? They're stories of hope. You know, there's a sort of bit. There, yeah. you know, there's, a, there's a bittersweet aspect. There were six, six in all, Nick. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, there was a, 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 a psychiatric nurse. There was uh, a couple of uh, people with uh, with uh, the disease. Uh, there was a yeah. carer, one of the the guy's mothers, Janet. Yes. who's amazing. Janet. Um, yeah. And a couple of psychiatrists. And, uh, we've got a couple yeah. of uh, psychiatrists in there as well. Yeah. You know, who are, uh, you know, given free reign to really explore, well, what, what are we really doing? And I think, like, underneath it all, authenticity, or that quality, manages to get you to this place, which is a kind of original, uh, an original place, and that it, it is entirely with hope. You know, the human spirit is extraordinary if you dare give it the room to be extraordinary. Yes, um, absolutely. And I think that's probably the, the, the most amazing place to tell stories from. You know, in other words, don't direct them. Don't try and control it. Just create the conditions in which this human spirit can come out and hit the world, not convince the world. In fact, in fact, I came up with this. Uh, I was trying to explain to someone a while back of the way that I see it. Like all these people in the world doing great work, yet painfully treading through the world of representing themselves and uh, feeling uncomfortable. And so the simple description I came up with was, look, this is generally what happens. You work out what the world needs to hear. And then you stand on as high a box as you can afford and shout as loud as you possibly can for as long as you can to as many people as you can. Brilliant. We're just about to go into another commercial break, oh, um, oh. Nick. Yes, we, we are. So, um, but this is, um, this is ab- absolutely fantastic. Um, okay, well, and, we'll, we'll uh, come, back, come back to the box um, because yes. there's opposite of the box, which I think is the most magnificent place if you've got the balls for it. Absolutely. Now that sounds sounds great. So let's come back to that. Okay. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. 
Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at Leanne at VeryGoodStories.com or check out her website at VeryGoodStories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at VeryGoodStories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Okay, so uh, welcome back to Story Powered and uh, to my guest, Nick Askew, and we're discussing what's behind each story. And just before the break, Nick, you were talking about this idea of uh, standing on the box and broadcasting about what it is that you do. And um, and, and I know what you're a proponent of is, is the opposite to that, but let's get back into that conversation. Oh, yeah, the, the, the box. I mean, of course, we've lost the, the thread of a bit because we were talking oh, yeah. about something else. Break, but you know to come back to this box, which you know the the way that the, the world kind of still is a bit, but it's in transition. But standing on this box as high as you can afford, shouting as loud as you can, what you think the world needs to hear as often as you can to as many people as you can, and convincing convincing yourself that you're really quite smart because you're segmenting who you're shouting at, but you are shouting, and you are telling people what you think they need to hear, versus. The, the way that I see, you know, a number of people doing now and people experimenting with, even though they haven't gone into it wholeheartedly necessarily, which is examining, you know, having the almost humility to go, you know, I don't really know. I don't really know why this feels so good, why we're doing this. Well, it seems to contribute and we're living our lives out in this organization, but I'm going to have a go at describing it. And I know it will change, but here we go. And so you... Open the doors as wide as you can, and you tell the truth as best you can, and allow people to see you. You don't shout at them, but you, you don't hide either. And I see a lot of people hiding, um, you know, with all, through all sorts of excuses, but be bold with it. It's like, here it is. It might not be right for you. I can't set out to convince that this is right for you. And, like, if I take my own um, 
my own venture, which isn't really a venture, it's just, I don't know what it is, it's just what I do. Um, I can't, see, you know, there's a choice. I get that there's a choice, always a choice, and I could stand up and say, this series I have, this methodology I have will change the way you see the world. It will transform this. It will give you this. It will you know, make your company more this or your life more that. How could I possibly know? <laughs> yes. I was, you know, so I have a decision. I could never tell those stories. It, wouldn't, it would feel awful and it would feel a lie. And yes. It would probably convince more people to come to it. Uh, but I chose, you know, I couldn't possibly do that. So the only way that I have left to me is to almost practice what is in, encoded in the way that I do things, which is uh, I'll just tell the truth as best as I can. And I, my plan is, you know, I'm lucky because I've only got a company of myself. I don't employ lots of people and have a huge infrastructure and stuff like that. I still have to get places and film and spend time and all that kind of stuff. But... I can literally follow the wind on this. I can, you know, I can take a call and decide whether, you know, a, a, a series on schizophrenia fits what I'm trying to do in the world. And yes, it yes. does. But yeah. someone else might do it. A call and it's like, no, it doesn't really. No, that doesn't really do it. But I'm certainly not going to go out and shout to the world that this is the best thing ever. Yeah. And so we'll Nick, definitely all your money back. It doesn't. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. So Nick, Nick, no, we, we were chatting. Time. Yeah, no, absolutely. We, we were chatting in the in the break, and I, I'd really um, like to, to talk a little bit about this because you touched on it earlier as well, and um, about this idea of. Because I think it's, a, it's easy for an organisation to to look and go, oh well, you know, if you're doing you know your own thing in the world, then it's kind of easy to um, just allow it to to flow. Um, but there is this whole question around who, who controls the story. And I was talking in the break about um, this video that I saw um, of a, a, an interview between uh, David Bowie and Jeremy Paxman about 15 years ago. And they were talking about the Internet. Jeremy Paxman was talking to David Bowie and asking his opinion. And David Bowie was talking about, about music specifically. Uh, but I think it affects every area of our lives is he, he said there was this time um you know before the 70s where there was kind of one truth that everybody believed in um and people didn't really question things so much and then uh, as things evolved in the sort of 60s 70s people began to question and realize that there's more than one perspective on things and uh, david Bowie was talking about how the internet was set to transform that and, and we've seen that actually happen now where um you know it's no longer um, possible to just tell your story because there are so many other people um, who will call you out on whether your story is true or not or whether you're being authentic or not as, as an organization and you know you, you're not the only voice for your brand um, your your consumer has far more power now than ever before so and that that's really changing the landscape isn't it and and I, and I think you know leading into this place where um, hiding behind something that's sort of you know glossy and very planned and controlled uh, doesn't work in the way that it used to just wonder what your thoughts are on that Nick yeah as you said that I, I thought that like, I, I remember I made a, a series on the reimagining of education mm -hmm. uh, a small subject Yes. <laughs> but the MacArthur Foundation over in the States with this huge uh, 
foundation had spent, I think it was half a billion dollars in researching this stuff. Mm. And at the bottom of it, they just, they cut, not just, they very profoundly recognized that um, we're, we have an industrial age system of education which doesn't suit the age and the student isn't at the center of it. It's, you know, to, to create people into uh, human resources that they can put into an industrial system and it, and it yes. works, but we're not in that age anymore, so it doesn't work. There's no curiosity. There's no student at the center of it. There's, um, but w I remember thinking there, it's like, yes, you know, people, the will of the world, the, uh, the, the way people see the world and are now have all these questions and are quite disconcerted because something is changing happens. And so as an individual, we're changing rapidly. I mean, yes. I think everyone is and people at different rates, but the way you and I see the world versus two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago is radically different if we yes. were to be brutally honest. Yes. And we should be. Mm. But systems always take you know, groups of people and systems take longer to change. They always have done, and they probably always will. And so, you know, the industrial system of education is lagging way behind where, what people really require. Yes. In companies, I think it's probably the same. You know, they, they might try and struggle with the control of, the, of controlling the story. You know, well, we don't want this to get out. But to be honest, the context of the, the landscape of the world, it just seeps out everywhere. You can't yes. control it. You know, someone took the, the thing out the dam. It's, it's going. You can't, yes. you can't support a lie. And, and you, in the old days, you could support a lie by throwing money at it. It was kind of easy. You could control the media. There weren't many bits of media, but you could tell everyone that this product did it and reinforce it. And the way the mind works, and I used to... I used to teach people how their minds work, so I kind of understand this to mm. some extent. It is, the, the human mind is really programmable, but yes. not for long. <laughs> you, mm. can, you can throw advertising at it again and again and again and again and again, and someone will believe. But if you stop spending your advertising budget, your marketing budget, the message goes away and people start to wonder and question it. The world yes. will just question it, and the world is questioning everything at the moment, and therefore... You might as well just give up, give up total control, utter control of this because you try it, it's going to become very painful and very expensive. So I think the companies that, uh, and the people that will do well, as in their experience of the world will do well, uh, and I would imagine their sales, if you like it, that's what they're after, or their impact on the world, are the people who start to have some sense of humility and go, you know, I think I know why we're doing this, and it's wonderful. And companies, organizations are places, uh, yes, in a capitalist society in which we can make a profit and all live well, um, but they're also places in which to explore our lives and to live our lives out in. And people with that approach, um, you know, this kind of openly curious approach to yes. the world, wide open eyes, will do very well, I think. Uh, and there are just more and more examples of it everywhere. And yes. So yeah. I think, you know, when, you, when I think about the dynamic of how you would set about telling your story, you'd be far better to 
at least include some of the undirected piece of it rather than the directed piece, the carefully planned strategy that takes your three major selling points and puts them out of the world, dripping them, you know, every 10 minutes into everywhere if, it, if it's not quite true. Yeah, and I guess, I guess Nick, yeah. it's, it is also about, you know, having values and operating in line with them because then there isn't anything to hide. There isn't any fear of telling the undirected story. Um, it, you know, there, there isn't something in the, in the product that you, that you want to keep a secret. You're happy to, to, to share it. I mean, that, that would be the holy grail, the, the ideal that it's, you know, it, it isn't just about what you, uh, what you show to the world, but it's 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 fully aligned from right from the source, so uh, um, so that there 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 is no lie to tell. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a very uncomfortable place, but it always has been. Yes. There has always been, I think, um, this personal unseen consequence of not being congruent there. I saw it in yes. the 80s and 90s in organizations, and I yeah. remember when I consulted as well. And I remember going into a legal company once and uh, talking to the guy whose company it was, and they had lots of lawyers, uh, barristers over in um, Chancery Court in London. And we were trying to get to the bottom of why, you know, they weren't selling enough. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, I just remember getting to this point going, you're not even telling the truth. You don't even know why you're doing this. Yes. Except you know why you, you shouldn't be doing this. And so I think there's this, it's a dangerous place, but an amazing place. Because if you start to ask questions, you can't be, in, and, and properly, you can't be in control of where the answer goes. And you might find that what you're doing in the world just doesn't suit you. Yes, yeah. And what do you and, and, I mean, absolutely. can't you tell the truth or examine the truth. It just goes yeah. on the whole time. It's almost like a a way to be and yeah. and your job is almost to bring yourself into balance it's like look I want to create the thing that just seems right because there I can best contribute to the world and make a profit and be successful in you know all sorts of realms yeah. but if you're fighting it the whole time you know like you're just you're doing something and you're it's not the way you are it's just yeah. painful and it always Absolutely. has been painful and it shows up in all sorts of unseen ways, although if you've got half a mind uh, on your shoulders, you you could probably work that out. Yes. So and to so be authentic, you you do need to to be to be congruent. Nick, I'm. We've got a couple of minutes left, and I really want to give you an opportunity just to. So you're over in the UK soon. So just tell us where you are, where where people can uh, come along to events that you're running. Uh, are there well, any well, spaces left? But, they're um, full, they're full, but there'll yeah, be more they're, they're opportunities. they're full for a long time, actually. But um, okay. I've got, uh, like, a lot of what I do in the world is catch the sense of what I've just been speaking about or we've, we've been speaking about, you mm-hmm. know, and, and head off into the world. And my job is, my job, my, what I love to do is, uh, like, see what I can see of the soul of this human race. And so I've mm-hmm. got this huge collection of human portraits in black and white film, which, you know, you can go in and you can see for free and you can show people and and so that's the you know my main contribution if you like and, and your website domain just give it to us um nick just yeah, sorry, in case anybody nick, uh, doesn't know it yeah nick askew.com n-i-c-a-s-k-e-w.com 
and there's a film library in there, and they're all short, you know, the one minute to ten minutes kind of thing, and uh, you can you know look away, uh, look your way through them, and I write as well, and um, but what I realised was, I mean, I make a lot of commissions around the world like this series, so people when they can't quite articulate this you know, this thing we're talking about, yes. you know, and they want to explore and they are brave enough to go to a place where there is no place to hide and they really want to examine the truth. Not that we'll get to ultimate truth because there probably isn't any, but yes. certainly we can get more curious about stuff and, you know, I'm, I'm not averse to being immensely compassionate or immensely um, the opposite. It, 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 if that helps in getting to something more truthful, Yes. Um, and that you can commit that to film and it kind of it, it's like a lot of people describe them as coming out films you know a chief executive yes. of an organization will say oh yeah that was my coming out film that's when I finally admitted what I thought deep down but had never dared to say and fantastic that, Nick I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna need to for everyone to see and it's I'm gonna to need experience. To, yeah and then I'm gonna need to leave what it I there, also do is um, teach Nick, that as well so I do classes around the world retreats and brilliant nick i'm going to need to leave it there thank you so much i've really enjoyed our conversation and and thank you to leanne pico as well for inviting me to guest host thank you thank you have a wonderful evening thank you for joining us this week for story powered leanne pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next tuesday at 10 a.m pacific time 1 p.m eastern time on the voice america business channel We'll help take your story and your business to the next level.